This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. Agriculture is Saskatchewan, and 620 CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Here's your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com and brought to you by the Arcola Co-op, offering fuel, food, and drinks on Highway 13. Arcola Co-op, you're at home here. Today we talk to the weather office to hear the short and long-term forecast. This week is forecast to be hot, but no new records like B.C. and Alberta. There's no end in sight yet, though, to the hot weather. CN Rail details grain movement from Saskatchewan this crop year and outlines its rail repair program. We hear details on a new fertilizer plant being built near Saskatoon. Real Agriculture discusses sprayer technology. We have research work to turn byproduct pulse crop starch into bioplastic. A new app is available to help farmers determine grain bin quantity and quality. And the farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, helping growers contract any type of grain. Call 1-800-324-7778. And Mazank Fuels, your local branded Petro-Canada wholesaler for over 40 years. Fill up the tank, call Mazank, 306-721-6667. Environment Canada says Saskatchewan will be in a heat wave this week. Meteorologist Terry Lang does not expect any records to be set but she sees no end in sight for the heat wave. It's going to get quite hot, um, not as hot as uh, British Columbia and Alberta, but certainly we're going to see temperatures in the uh, low to mid uh, 30s across many places uh, across Saskatchewan. Uh, we may see a few records uh, broken, but for the most part, uh, you know, we're sort of on the uh, eastern edge of uh, this big uh, ridge of high pressure. Uh, unfortunately, we're not going to see any uh, moisture along with this ridge. We may, the last of the moisture is kind of getting squeezed out today and that might be over sort of more eastern parts of southern Saskatchewan. Just some scattered showers, maybe a thunder shower, but nothing substantial. And after that, we're into the hot and dry and uh, no chance of moisture into the foreseeable future, unfortunately. Yeah, how long will this heat spell or hot wave last? Uh, that's the, well, not even the million dollar question, the billion dollar question, just because there's no end in sight to the really, really hot weather. So what we're seeing is we're sort of seeing an easing of the, of the heat. Not all models agree, of course, but uh, sort of, so it'll become sort of not so hot, just kind of less hot, but still hot. <laughs> What's the long-range summer forecast? Long-range summer forecast is for warmer than average uh, across southern Saskatchewan and uh, drier than average. It's, it's forecast to be cooler and wetter across northern Saskatchewan, but that's for the entire summer. So we'll have to kind of have to see how this all pans out. We know that this uh, ridge won't last all summer, but at this point in time, it's uh, looking pretty strong and not showing that many signs of breaking down. So are we going to set any heat records like they did in BC? I don't think so. I think we might see some spotty ones here and there, especially ones that don't have a longer period of record, because we're not expecting temperatures to exceed sort of the mid-30s. Uh, and those are sort of where the, many of the records lie or in the in sort of in the upper 30s. And we're not expecting temp- temperatures to be that, that hot here just because we are kind of on the edge of it. 
When do you expect the first break from this hot spell? We're not seeing any uh, any big break. Um, like I said, just kind of an easing of the temperatures as opposed to, uh, you know, a big cold front moves through and everything, you know, we get a big rain and a bunch of thunderstorms and everything settles down and we're not seeing that yet on the, any of the weather models. Terry Lang is a meteorologist with Environment Canada. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Prairie 6-inch eavesdrops. An inch makes a big difference. PrairieEavesdrops.ca CN Rail is maintaining a record pace for grain shipments from Saskatchewan this crop year. CN Director of Sales and Marketing David Shidnovic says grain movement from Saskatchewan so far this crop year is well ahead of last year's pace. He says CN ships grain, potash, petroleum and forest products from Saskatchewan he says CN operates on 1,950 miles of track across this province. Moving east to west, we run along the Cromer sub on the main line from the Manitoba border in the southeastern part of the province to Melville. Named for Charles Melville Hayes, the force behind the Grand Trunk Pacific Railway and the vision of Prince Rupert as the gateway to Asia. Melville is also home to a major CN rail yard that underwent a significant expansion in 2018 to increase network capacity and resiliency. From there, it's on to the Watrous Sub, which takes us to Saskatoon, home to Chapel Yard and CN's largest intermodal footprint in the province. From Saskatoon, the Wainwright Sub runs through Bigger, home to Bort Malt's Malt Plant, and beyond that, it's off to the Alberta border. Now, at Saskatoon, we branch out in a number of different directions to cover the northwest part of the province. We run southwest down to Kindersley on the Rosetown Sub and southeast to Davidson. We also run north from Saskatoon, where we connect with another very important stretch of the CN line, namely the Prairie North Line. The P&L, which is part of the old Canadian Northern Network, operates as a second main line in Saskatchewan, running parallel to the main line, so to speak, creating network resiliency. The P&L runs from Lloydminster in the west through Humboldt, also home to an important CN yard, to Kenora, and then on to the Manitoba border. At Humboldt, we run northwest to Melfort, and from there on to Tisdale. Coming up from the south at Kenora, we run to Hudson Bay, Saskatchewan, and up into Manitoba to the Paw where we connect with the Hudson Bay Railway, which is owned and operated by One North. Shidnovic says there are touch points to the south. From Melville, we run up to Yorkton, and to the southwest from Melville, we run through the Capel Valley to Regina. From there, we run west to Moose Jaw, as well as to the southeast on the Glenavon sub, and back to the Manitoba border. CN also has touch points with short-line railways in Saskatchewan. In the south, we have the Big Sky Railway that runs into west-central Saskatchewan, Last Mountain Railway running northwest from Regina to Davidson, and the Southern Rails Association short line, or SORA, running south from Moose Jaw. In the north, it's the Carlton Trail Railway that runs up to Prince Albert, the Northern Lights Railway to the west of Melfort, Thunder Rail to the east of Tisdale, and Wheatland Railway connecting near Humboldt. Shidnovic outlines grain movements so far this crop year. So CN's been on record pace for grain movement out of Saskatchewan right since the beginning of the 2020-21 crop year. Between August and the end of May, CN shipped over 14.8 million metric tons of grain and processed grain products from Saskatchewan via carload, over 17% higher than the previous record pace of 2019-20 and over 24% higher than the three-year average. In less than 10 years, CN shipments of grain and processed grain products from Saskatchewan via carload have grown over 50%. Saskatchewan is the major region for containerized grain shipments on CN direct from the prairies, with the focus on Saskatoon as well as Regina. CN is on record pace this year for containerized grain movement direct from Saskatchewan as well, and this has been a rapidly growing part of our grain business over the past 10 years. 
And, of course, in recent weeks, there have been a number of announcements regarding new canola crush capacity planned to come online in Saskatchewan that will continue to drive Saskatchewan's growing economy. Shidnovic outlines efforts by CN Rail to increase rail capacity to meet growing demand. So we've been seeing the benefits of CN's $10 billion worth of investments in the last three years across the network to extend sidings, double mainline tracks, purchase 335 new high-horsepower locomotives, and purchase 3,500 new high-capacity grain hopper cars, as well as investing in safety and capacity-enhancing technologies. Over the past 10 years, CN has invested substantially across Saskatchewan, including both main lines, to efficiently handle the growth of traffic from all of our business segments. Between 2018 and 2020, CN's investments in Saskatchewan were very significant at over $560 million. That included roughly 60 miles of double track installed, over 170 miles of rail replaced, close to 600,000 railroad ties installed, the rebuilding of over 50 road crossing surfaces, and a major expansion of CN's Melville Yard. Plus, there's all the maintenance work on the bridges, including a multi-year project on the rail bridge over the South Saskatchewan River east of Warman, culverts, signal systems, and other track infrastructure. Over the past five years, CN's investments in Saskatchewan have amounted to over $850 million. In 2021, CN plans to invest approximately $120 million in Saskatchewan as part of its $3 billion capital investment plan across its network. Maintenance program highlights include replacing 48 miles of rail, installing roughly 155,000 ties, rebuilding 31 road crossing surfaces, and other maintenance work. And that is all investment that helps you support Saskatchewan's economy. David Shednovic is the Director of Sales and Marketing at CN Rail. This segment has also been brought to you by Ducks Unlimited. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at canolaschool.com. Kara Ustros here with realagriculture.com. And I have here with me Tom Wolf of Agrometrics and Sprayers 101. So much of the country is at herbicide spraying timing. When it comes to nozzles, what sort of considerations are farmers going to have? Well, we always have to look at you know what's the active ingredient and what's the target those are the two main things that determine the right spray quality to use we sort of default to the coarse spray quality which is kind of the average spray quality that most modern air induction and other low drift tips make uh, but we might want to sort of tweak that sometimes depending on what's growing and what's in the tank and sort of as as you know as we have increasingly complex tank mixes for maybe resistance management uh, that becomes a little more critical most of my customers really have three nozzles and they're, they're they're really by selected for water volume. So they'll have a five gallon tip for burn off, they'll have a 10 gallon tip for in crop and maybe a 15 or so gallon tip for their late season sprays, fungicides, desiccants or, and those kinds of things. And that's still that's still absolutely true. I mean, as an additional level of options might be to have a, a low drift version of each of those so that if the conditions require it, you can still go out and spray. Remember, in agronomy, it's all about timing, right? Uh, and a sprayer is really ag- an agronomic tool. So you you want to make sure you can do it at the right time. Absolutely. And what role does water volumes play into this? 
Well, water is kind of uh, it gives you permission to spray the coarser sprays. So you know the finer the, the the or the lower the water volume is, then the finer the sprays that you can actually spray and get away with it. So you know that's the principle that aircraft use to you to use two to four U.S. gallons, for example. They they really have to use a, a relatively fine spray to get droplet density. And then as it gets windier and we use coarser and coarser nozzles, we should always increase the water volume so our droplet density doesn't suffer too much. And that's a bit of a productivity issue. I, I recognize that, but it is a, an, an opportunity to still spray when it's maybe a little breezy like it is today, still get the job done at the right time. And as you said, it's an agronomic tool and it's a conversation we always seem to have when it comes to selecting these nozzles. But you just want to step back and walk us through which one works best for each. That's right. So we said we'd start with a coarse spray quality. That's kind of the default. So if you're, if you're going to get a general purpose nozzle, you would get an air induction tip or a low drift tip that produces about coarse at the intermediate spray pressures that you're likely to produce. And for an air induction tip, that's probably 50, 60, sometimes even 70 PSI. So we use those at a little higher pressures. I think everyone's pretty uh, familiar with that. The next thing we would do is look at the tank mix and the modes of action in the tank mix and perhaps also the uh, the weeds. So I've got two different kinds of weeds here that we picked out of this canola field and uh, you know this is a sort of a green foxtail uh, so we got a thin leaf uh, it's an erect, uh, you know, orientation. Uh, would be very difficult for a large drop to actually hit that and stick to it. So if you have here after grassy weeds like this, you would have to go to a slightly finer spray than, than ordinary. And so that's a consideration if you have a group one or any grassy, uh, grassy herbicide in there, uh, you would want to do that. Uh, on the other hand, I have a little red root pigweed in my other hand, and this one is a typical broadleaf. So it, although it's small, its leaves are relatively large in terms of the area they present to the incoming spray. So if you look at that, you've got easy to wet leaves, large drops might stick to them more likely, L small drops still will, but uh, they'll get a, you'll get away with spraying a coarser spray there. So if you have a tank mix that uses both of them, you'd have to consider the most limiting factor. So, you know, most tank mixes have modes of action in there for grassy and broadleaf. You'd always consider the grassy as the priority, and therefore you would go a little finer. Uh, if you needed to spray in the wind, you can probably move that a little coarser just by adding more water. So if you're going to go 7 to 10, maybe, and uh, you need to go a little coarser, you might want to elevate that to 10 to 12 gallons and then use a, a coarser spray for the windier days. The canopy pre presents the target. And so when we when we look at uh, the, the canopy from the nozzle's perspective, we're looking straight down and we want to see how much of the target that we have to hit, the weeds, do we actually see. If we can see them openly and it's no problem, then it's an easy thing to do with relatively little water and relatively coarse sprays. It's just an open easy target. If the, the, if the canola is cabbage in a little bit and it's kind of cover the leaves, uh, the leaves are covering the, the rows a little bit more, you will have to get around those leaves. And the only way to really do that is with a finer spray or with more water or a combination of both. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devon at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. 
Today, mainly sunny with a high of 27 degrees, the low 13. Tuesday, sunny, the high 30, the low 14. Wednesday, sunny, the high 31, the low 17. Thursday, sunny, the high 33, the low 17. Friday, sunny, the high 34, the low 18. Saturday, sunny, the high 33, the low 18. Sunday, sunny, and the high forecast of 33 degrees. Normal high for this date is 24. The normal low is 10. The sun rose at 4.50 this morning. It sets at 9.14 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot, this is quite unusual for me to see the north. Buffalo Narrows is the hot spot at 30, and the cold spot is Weyburn in the southeast at 22. Estevan is 23, Saskatoon 27, Swift Current 25. Once again, Weyburn the cold spot at 22, Yorkton is 24. In Regina with sunny skies, it's 24, that's 75 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the south-southeast at 6. Humidity is 48%. The barometer falling, 102.3. Partly cloudy, Moose Jaw, 25 degrees. Winds are from the east at 15. Once again, Regina, sunny and 24. That's 75 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada before seeding your canola. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougall Auctioneers. McDougallAuctions.com And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems expect the best. Northern Nutrients of Saskatoon has announced construction of a new sulfur-enhanced urea fertilizer facility near Saskatoon. Northern Nutrients is owned by Ross Gunther, along with Matt and Rob Owens of Emerge Ag Solutions, all residents of Saskatchewan. Gunther says construction will begin next month. Yeah, we're excited that uh, we've been able to work with Shell to secure a licensing agreement to produce new uh, sulfur-enhanced urea fertilizer, as you correctly mentioned, just east of Saskatoon, only about 10 kilometers out of the city, that will uh, allow us to serve the Western Canadian and and some of the U.S. market as well with a a locally produced and marketed uh, sulfur urea fertilizer for retailers and growers. Gunther says the company has origins in Western Europe. Our, our origins actually come from Europe. We opened up our first office was in the Netherlands in 2016. And then in 2018, we opened up an office in Saskatoon, which we used as our uh, stepping stone to import uh, fertilizers in through the port of Vancouver, whether this sulfur fertilizer originally from Korea or phosphate fertilizers. Uh, at the same time, we also had an R&D department developing our own specialty fertilizers as well. Gunther says the facility is being built to meet growing demand. Really, it was driven by our growers and retail partners. It was uh, the we've been bringing this uh, this shell product from another licensee in in Asia for three years now. This is the third commercial season here in Western Canada, and the the demand for it has grown substan- substantially every year. And at the end of the day, we we realized that from a product security and and to serve the market as best as we possibly can, the the next step would be to actually offer local production of the product rather than importing it from halfway 
around the world, especially when uh, a lot of the raw materials for the manufacturing of this product are available locally here in Saskatchewan. Gunther says the fertilizer plant will be operational in early 2022. The facility itself will manufacture 56,000 metric tons per year of product is the capacity of it. And we'll be looking north of uh, 30 full-time jobs for uh, for Saskatchewan. We actually intend to break ground just after July long weekend, and we're hoping that this plant is operational by the early 2022. Uh, some point in quarter one of 2022 is our, our target start date. So we're, we're really excited. We see with these uh, new proposed canola crushing plants coming on board here in uh, in Saskatchewan in the future that our timing is excellent to be able to offer a new uh, sulfur product which is key in driving canola yields and albeit a, a low salt one so friendly with the soil uh, sulfur options so so growers won't have any hesitations to increase the rates and try to push yields with with our sulfur product. Ross Gunther is the co-owner of Northern Nutrients which is building a fertilizer plant near Saskatoon. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And SMHI. Farmers, get your hail insurance coverage with Municipal Hail at an RM office or direct online. Farmers Insuring Farmers, MunicipalHail.ca. Saskatoon-based Very Grain says a new phone app is available to help give farmers details of grain bin quantity and quality. The company says 70% of grain is sold undervalued because a farmer does not have accurate grain characteristics information. Farmers can create a record of their grain sample as it is loaded in or out of their bin to analyze, track, and share the information with potential buyers. The Very Grain app includes features like the bin contents profile, showing sampled layers and a weighted average of the bin contents. Another feature will be and beep and vibrate when it's time to take a sample. The app allows easy interaction with labs for an independent, detailed analysis of the sample. Very Grain CEO Ken Jackson says knowing what's exactly in the bin is crucial for maximum profit, ensuring there are no surprises when the grain is delivered. He says the Very Grain app empowers farmers to make appropriate marketing decisions. The introductory subscription price is $295 a year. There are also individual barcoded containers and tamper-evident sample bags. Researchers at the U of S are looking for higher-value uses for pulse starch, which could include things like bioplastics and biomedical materials. The federal and provincial governments are funding a five-year program to the tune of $2.5 million. The University of Saskatchewan project will be led by Dr. Yong Feng Ai, who has been working with pulse starches for more than five years. And we are going to also use the starch to create fermented protein, which is also another good source of protein for uh, human food and animal feed application. And also we are going to uh, work collectively to create new bioplastic and new biomedical materials. The strong gelling and film forming ability of pulse starches can make them useful in bioplastic and biomedical material. They're also higher biodegradable and compostable, which would make them a sustainable product. The project will include a wide range of researchers at the University of Saskatchewan. We have breeders from Claude Diamond Center at the University of Saskatchewan. We have food scientists from the Department of Food and Bioproduct Sciences. Uh, we have feed nutritionists from the Department of Animal and Poultry Science. 
We also have engineers to develop the novel bioplastic and also biomedical materials. Saskatchewan Pulse Growers Executive Director Carl Potts says in order to further expand value-added processing of pulses in Saskatchewan, there needs to be high-value markets that can utilize starch in volume. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update is brought to you by Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. And brought to you by Sask Pork. Saskatchewan's growing and vibrant hog industry creates economic spin-offs and career opportunities in our rural communities. Find out more. Visit saskpork.com. Grain prices were showing upward movement in early trading today. Canola gained thirty dollars a ton at seven forty two zero seven. Number one red spring wheat rose thirteen twenty nine at three forty six seventy one. The rest were unchanged. Durham three seventeen eighty three. Feed barley two fifty four sixty five. Flax six seventy seven ninety four. Lentils seven thirty seven fifty. Oats two zero six fifty three. Yellow peas three twenty eight fifty seven. Feed wheat two thirty eight eighty four. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, spring wheat rose twenty three and a half cents at eight forty six a bushel. It's the livestock reports on the source six twenty CKRM. The livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. And now the latest quotes. Heartland Livestock Market Report. Donnie Peacock reporting from the Swift Current Yards. Major week all over for cull cows and bull selling. We had 1,030 in our Tuesday sale. Uh, started off strong to steady it after the uh, noon hour break. They came back with some different orders. We've seen the cattle two to four lower. Uh, cows did average 97 straight through in every cow we sold. And we had six different individuals bidding in mine on the cows, so the demand was certainly healthy and certainly going a lot of different directions, but it was a touch lower on the slaughter cows. Into the uh, bull market, the bulls top at 128.5, the average a buck 11.50. Uh, the big feed and heiferettes, two year olds, bringing from 135 to 145, sales to 147. They're just a touch stronger and more active for today. The young feeding cows, the threes and the odd four year old threw in there at about 10 to $1.27. And again, that pretty competitive as well. That's the way it is in cattle country. Heartland Swift Current. Now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. Ham sold 4,300 hogs Friday, selling in a range of 247 to 264 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 7,800 head, selling in a range of 238 to 253 per CKG. 100 index hog prices for the week ending Saturday, June 26th are Woolly West 2020 contract, 267.60. Woolly West 2021 contract, 264.70. Maple Leaf Sig 4, 250.38. Ham's Cash, 248.38. Thunder Creek Brick Co., 253.87. High Life Cash, 262.85. And High Life Contract, 257.32 per CKG. Ham's Cash Hog price today is mixed and four contract prices opened higher this morning. On Friday, the Canadian dollar is up 15 basis points, with the daily exchange rate at 1.2294. The Canadian dollar is currently trading at 81.13 cents U.S. Daily U.S. cash pricing starts the week off under some pressure, with all negotiated formula reads lower relative to the previous day as well as the prior weekly base. 
Cutoff values continue to trend lower to start the week, suggesting softening demand. Except for butts, all primals are now priced at more recognizable levels after seeing exceptional strength that reports or eclipse record pricing in May and June. There may be some additional headwinds approaching. Last week, it was announced that on June 29th, line speeds will be set at the previous 1106 per hour by court order. The impacts are estimated to decrease packing capacity by 2.5% and could add another level of price pressure in the near term. Lean hog futures are starting the week off on a higher note in a corrective move that following three sessions of limit lows seen last week. The extent to which the move represents a recovery attempt remains to be seen, but a decrease in cutout value in exports that, while good, but not making any headway, will make returning to the June 29th highs a challenge. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by the Prairie Co-op Grow Team, fueling farms, feeding families in Cupar, Ituna, Lipton, and Strasburg. The president and CEO of Royal Helium calls the unexpected discovery of a large reservoir of the element at one of its drilling zones in Climax groundbreaking. Andrew Davidson says it was found in a formation where it wasn't expected, and it's the largest reservoir he has ever seen. Along with Climax, Royal Helium is also testing wells near Bengough, Ogemaw, and Francis. Royal Helium has completed financing with $17.25 million from international investors, which Davidson says will help to fast-track the development of the Climax sites and additional drilling in other areas of the province. The testing has been completed at three wells in Climax, and there's another zone that hasn't been tested yet. If all goes according to plan with no hiccups, Davidson hopes that by the end of this year, 10 wells will be drilled with two or three in production. He's excited for the benefits to the province and to the local regions where Royal Helium is drilling, and he stresses that their policy is to hire locally whenever they can. On the markets, the TSX is down 103 points today at 20,126. The Dow has fallen 215 points at 34,218. Oil is down $1.30 at 72.75 a barrel. The Canadian dollar has fallen 29 one-hundredths of a cent at 81.01 cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides.